Hi guys, Etienne here. Welcome to the podcast where you can listen to Max and I talk about anything and everything. Stuck inside, we have decided to record and upload a podcast to distract us from the boredom of lockdown. The lack of structure and the disorganisation is half the charm. Thank you very much. Nice. Uh, welcome back, guys, to episode 25 of the Everyday Podcast. Yes, it is every day. Right. Today, we are joined by our favorite historian and whoa, whoa. F- classicist. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Oliver and James. Right, guys, do you, do you want to start off by telling us when it stops becoming classics and starts becoming history? I mean, that's an excellent question, um, <laughs> because uh, I'd, I'd almost say that history, as uh, so, so classics is entirely, well, sorry, the history portion of classics, which is essentially classics minus the language. Yeah, a bit more than uh, that, but yeah, carry on. Okay. Um, is, is all still history. Um, and you, you just study it as sort of ancient history or classic I, I, history. I'd agree with that. So yeah, uh, classics. It's just it's far more than just history. It's of course history is a part of it, and we're looking at ancient ancient history. So that can be as far back as pre Rome and pre Greece. So you could be looking at the Persians um, or the civilizations that were in Italy and Greece before the Romans and Greeks. Um, but classics is more than that. You've got uh, arts, language, architecture, and also just looking at battles and policies and things like that, almost like ancient politics in a way that's slightly different from how you look at policies perhaps in history. Yeah, very good. And is, uh, is classics strictly regional? Or like, is, it, is it just like in the Mediterranean civilizations? Or can you go like... Do you like classical Africa? I don't know. Well, uh, the Roman Empire did make its way into Africa. Yeah, well, they, they fucked Carthage up the arse, didn't they? But they did. No. Um, and also... <laughs> I uh, believe that is the correct... That's the correct terminology. Carthago fucked us. And Alexander the Great made, made it all the way to India. Yeah. Did wow. he actually? Yeah. Holy shit. And then he died. Did you get syphilis? Um, I don't actually. He died rather young. I can't actually remember. Oh, he, he definitely got an STD then, didn't he? Probably. Yeah, no. Um, apparently, uh, the idea of Lenin having a heart attack has actually been uh, proven. It's probably more likely he had um, he was gonorrhea from a uh, uh, an Iranian prostitute. That's unsurprising. Nice. Henry VIII had syphilis. Didn't Genghis Khan finally get knocked off by HIV? Well, oh, no, that wasn't around then, wasn't it? No, at that point. <laughs> it was something. I mean, you'd be worried if he didn't. <laughs> Genghis Khan fucked. Yeah, we're all descended from Genghis Khan. Yeah, I mean, impressive. he must have slept around so much that the likelihood of him catching something was astronomical. Mm-hmm. Maybe he invented all of the diseases. <gasps> Maybe. Yeah, to be fair. It's probably all his fault. Every STD like, can it, be found. It's from Genghis Khan. From Genghis Khan. Yeah. So technically, his okay, death his image. death count is still <laughs> it's still going. It's still going up. <laughs> so James, who's your favourite person <laughs> in history? <laughs> uh, oh, tricky question. Tricky question. 
Um, Margaret Thatcher, wasn't it, James? That's what you were saying. <laughs> it's definitely Margaret Thatcher for James. Oh, yeah. no, of, of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> love, love, love Maggie T. Um, okay, then. What about you? Yeah, that straight face. Um, Karl Marx. Really? Um, and why is this? He was wrong, but like, Give I a... just really, really, the amount of influence he's had. He was vibey though, wasn't he? Yeah. Like, he's, he's wrong because he doesn't good understand fact competition he's, theory. He's buried next to um, Spencer Percival, the only British Prime Minister to be assassinated. So oh, wow. literally in the graveyard, it's Marx and Spencer. <laughs> is he? Is he? Uh, is he buried in the UK? Yeah. Yeah, oh, no, he lived in the come. UK later in his life. Did he actually? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, because Germany kicked him out for being too revolutionary. Whoa. No, so we just took him into spite. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, we'll accept the ideas, but the moment anyone like, actually starts it's taking f- them seriously, we well, it's, it's because the British are too sarcastic. We just went, yeah, it's fine. We won't take anything he says yeah. seriously. <laughs> and what about you, Ollie? 40, 40 seconds for your favourite cla- like person in classics. My favourite person in classics. Uh, I might be a bit unimaginative and say Cicero. Um, it's either Cicero or or Sophocles, perhaps. This is where we splice in our drunk conversation about Cleopatra and spoons. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Um, I think that one's remaining strictly in the archives. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Cicero, uh, he's a f- very much flawed character, uh, but he's very clever, very persuasive, and he does have a conscience um, and is very principled in wanting to save the Republic. And yeah. Sophocles, because he writes such great plays. Fair enough. Cool. Well, we jump straight into a, the slightly more intellectual conversations, but let's rein it back a bit. And how have... <laughs> How's your day been? Dumb it down a bit. <laughs> that is a bit of a change of tone, isn't it? <laughs> How's your quarantine been? The two of you go, James. Um, it's been going all right. It's been a uh, pretty average as quarantines go. I mean, I, I don't really have much of a gauge. Uh, I've been uh, trying to amp I bought a while ago. It's an electronic modeling amp, my guitar. I'm going through all these different settings that make zero sense. <laughs> um. And I think I've set up something where I can play a power chord just from one note, but it just doesn't sound right. Nice. doing that? <laughs> um, pitch bending. And it oh, just really? plays three notes. It plays the note, a fifth, and an octave. Ooh. But it doesn't play them loud enough for it to sound like, proper, like a power chord. So it's just quirky. <laughs> it's a quirky yeah. power chord. It's, it's just quirky. Have you not uh, picked up any new skills or tried anything new recently? Recently, or are you just focusing on your guitar? Uh, I've been focusing on my guitar quite a bit, actually. Um, I did the recently the uh, the five 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 challenge thing that was going around. We had to go and how close? 5K. How close to death were you? Um, well, my, my first time I did it, I just found I suddenly had no um, aerobic capacity, <laughs> so I decided, and I ended up with an awful time, which we will not discuss on this podcast. I think we have to. Uh, so it was, I think it was we about have 40 to. minutes, wasn't it, James? Uh, <laughs> Docs. Forty then, or fourteen um, is quite good, isn't it? So, yeah, forty or forty. Yeah, forty. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, I I heard fourteen, and I'm like, running. I heard like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, he's just that fast. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, but that included an extra 0.7k of running and a little bit at the end of. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It switch off by itself. It decided to tell me when I was halfway, but it felt no need to tell me when I was finished. <laughs> um, but then I did another one. I got 29 minutes. So I was, oh, that's alright. That's pretty good. Yeah. And what about? Long legs. Yeah, he's quite tall. James is a giraffe. He's six That's what we would eight. call him. Six foot eight. <laughs> yes, man. Six foot three. Okay. <laughs> Just because you want to be six foot, I'm six foot three, and you're five eleven. Shut up. And what about you, Ollie? Have you, what, what's your quarantine been like? Uh, well, uh, I've started trying to learn a bit of code. Been that's that's trying, yeah. I that's what trying, I tried to do, but hasn't started yet. Been trying to make a mod for Civ Six. Um, it keeps breaking, so that's frustrating. What's the mod for? Uh, I'm just messing around to try and learn it, but I'm doing a kind of Doctor Who themed one. Oh, cool. Um, and I've also been doing a bit of further maths. I know, really <gasps> fun. Is this the proper? You don't even Let's... need it for uni. What are you doing? No. <laughs> Because it's interesting. Just shits and gigs. And does, yeah. does further master suddenly pop up in the ancient world somewhere? It's just like, yeah, you need it. <laughs> Daily scenarios. You never know when you might need some imaginary numbers. Very true. <laughs> Have you... Yeah, cool. Uh, very cool. Cool beans. Alright. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what about you, Max? Have you... Um, on your daily well every other day help for the old people no today today was a day off so no no wholesome old people stories for today's episode yeah i had a pretty boring day really i just woke up really late bashed out some skyrim nice uh, went for went for a run ski and then that was about it really when i say woke up late i mean like two so oh yeah it's only like four hours ago you woke up at two I didn't not... wake up. I like started moving it. The worst. Off at midday. <laughs> the worst I've done so far is half eleven. How? Uh, so half eleven is probably the best I've done. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same. Oh. <laughs> I I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to be productive. Got quite a busy s- structure of yeah, a day. You've you've got a, a podcast to edit. To be fair. <laughs> yeah. No, but so it's, yeah, recently we've been, uh, it's good. Got a lot of sort of books and games and stuff um, in the house I don't use anymore. So we've been moving to them to the bus stop. People just pick up. Oh, that's. So if we have coronavirus, we just give it a time. <laughs> <and I'll get laughs> it. Nice, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got to put like a timer on countdown from like forty-eight hours or however long it's remained on the box as well. Yeah, I think, I think it's like twenty-four on soft surfaces or something. They don't, don't really know, do they? They just no, don't. No I think they. I, I think they're just using existing virus data for surfaces and assuming yeah. that it's moderately similar. But no, it lasts but, uh, for centuries. Have any of you seen those uh, those phone boxes that they've? Because phone boxes are now so obsolete that they're not really sure what to do with them. Because it's a bit of a conundrum, isn't it? Because they're yeah. fucking pointless, but also they're like cool. They're British, quintessentially they're, British, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. They're they're like you know. British institution style. Harry, so, Harry Potter law. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so loads of them have been turned into book swaps. Yeah. Where they've just oh, installed a load cool. of bookshelves in them and then left 
you know, some crap old books in there. And the idea is you go in and trade some books. Yeah. I think it's actually very surprising how ideas like that work. And fortunately, there aren't many people who want to go and steal books. So, yeah, I, it actually I works really well. They're next to worthless. The, uh, like, you could put them on eBay for probably like 20p or something. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like something in... like a, a phone exchange wouldn't quite work the same way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, after going into a. What am I saying today? I am so bad. Fuck. You're getting up too early, Etienne. You're too tired. I'm getting up too early. Oh, today, to be you're, fair. You're working yourself to the bone. I made, I made my first iced coffee, and I'm scared I'm just going to get addicted to them. It's so much better than a hot coffee. Oh, my God. Oh, I don't drink no. coffee. I don't drink coffee. Neither do I, mate. You're on your own. I'm on my own. Because I was, I, was yeah. I was editing Gassy's episode, and he's like, uh, told yeah, us that you need, a, you need a coffee to get through that one. <laughs> iced coffee uh, recipe, and oh my god, they're good. For anyone who drinks coffee, I definitely recommend. Right, so we all know. Do you guys? Sorry, yeah, do you, know, you guys drink tea and that other stuff? Or you, I drink. Yeah, tea. I drink tea. Okay, so I'm I'm just like no no I can't do hot drinks really. Oh, I, I drink a special kind of herbal tea for singing to soothe my vocal cords. Are you sure that's not ayahuasca, Ollie? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it gives an interesting experience. This tea, let's just say. Would you say it actually improves your voice then? Yeah. Oh, it that's impressive. A lot more relaxed and smoother. Have you been kicked out by your family yet? Due to your singing or uh, in quarantine, <laughs> um, the problem is I live in a semi-detached house, so I'm terrified of being murdered by my neighbours. <laughs> your singing's not too bad, so fortunately, I don't think that will happen. <laughs> um, quite loud though. I had an opera singer once who would just wear a scarf around her neck the whole time. Do you reckon oh. that's is that like real? Does that do anything? To I've help? heard of people who or is do that, that fast. It's... I imagine it's a kind of negligible difference. It's yeah. I don't see like what it does. It keeps the vocal cords warm, so they don't control. One of the things is like you know thermal shock. If you think of oh, right, I see. hot water on frozen glass, the glass can shatter. Mm. <laughs> um, it's it's obviously not remotely as extreme as that. <laughs> when you walk um, outside your house. <laughs> Can't breathe. Just I think that's, that, that's the principle. I um yesterday Ben sent me the link to uh, the lockdown fest. Mm. I was watching that just before. This is quite emotional, actually. It's quite emotional. Oh, thank you for coming to it, Etienne. Yeah, you guys. It was it was better than I thought it would be for how little time you had to prepare for that sort like particular. Because I'm surprised, obviously I knew you had all those songs, but you actually managed to finish, not finish them, but just get them in a good enough state to perform no, them. But... Yeah, no, I was actually somewhat disappointed, because it just was just way no, too watch slow. It, watch it back, it's not as bad as I thought it was when we were doing it. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I watched it back, and there were some songs that was just like painfully slow, or just shouting at you and while we're playing. Classifier <laughs> was good. Yeah. Um, and I was also way too low. 
like the whole thing because my amps just not really. Oh, <laughs> Charlemagne, you were doing the wrong bends. But yeah, my it, favorite yeah. bit of the video was Etienne trying to clap along to "We Will Rock You" with <laughs> you on the phone. So you're just kind of whacking yourself in the back of the head <laughs> to show some support for your boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was a nice experience, but it was quite sad. Like rewatching it just because it it was our last day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm there and draft one day. They're gonna try and reschedule it, so we, as in actual Lockfest, so we might still be able to do it. How would they do that the though? Just get everyone back in and do it during the holidays, or? Yeah. Well, if if schools are open in September, um, if it's like the first week of September. Oh, that's true. I was I was thinking of uh, obviously having a party inviting you guys, but also take Paolo <laughs> along as well. Uh huh. And then get Ben absolutely wasted for both of them. So he messes that, them both up. That would be good. Yeah. Right. So let's get into the real reason why we brought you two on. And uh -oh. have a cheeky debate on how accurate would you say calling this wartime, this period of our lives, almost like another world war or just a national war on, the, on a government scale, economical scale, and just an individual scale? James, do you want to start? Uh, I'd say that's kind of not accurate. I think it doesn't really give the um, give the the world wars the the justice of a uh, sort of deserve when compared to this, which is comparatively far more manageable. See, I'd disagree. Um, I think it's wrong to equate the current scenario to. The world wars but i think it is a very war-like scenario in terms of not quite you can't really see the threat it, it, if you think about the the period after we declared war on germany in the second world war and you kind of have where no war is is visible and no one knows what's happening no one's being bombed it's everyone's being sent into these extreme measures yeah the it's, phony it's, war the phony war exactly it's it's exactly that kind of thing um, and I think on a government uh, government level, it is it is almost as extreme as a war situation. The entire focus of the government is on this crisis. Yeah. I think what's different, though, and I think James will agree with me on this, is the economic perspective. Uh, you've got a completely different ap approach to employment. Um, whereas in this scenario you're trying to get everyone out of work to stop the spread, whereas in war you're trying to get everyone in work to try and uh, raise production. Mm -hmm. Yeah, war does an incredible job of stimulating the economy um, because there are so many more jobs that need doing, um, uh, which is why the Second World War particularly saw um, sort of women going into the factories and then subsequently women getting a sort of a far sort of greater place in society. Yeah. Um, as men went off to fight and then women moved to factories, there's so much work to be done, really. Um, and conversely, this is having a very negative impact on the economy. Um, so you could probably liken it more to the Great Depression rather yeah. than rather than war uh, itself. Where do you think women would be in society today without the Second World War? I mean, because the suffragette movement was kind of kicking about, wasn't it? And then got put on hold for... Well, that was more the First World War. That was the First World War. 
So, oh, my bad, my bad. Yeah, when we got the vote in 1918. Okay, uh, so the first that was only women one. over 35. Yeah, which is such an odd rule. Well, it's because the voting age for men at the time was, was 21. 21. Um, it's also if you look at um, throughout history, uh, you have specific ages that. Um, where in the UK it's just 18 pretty much for everything. Yeah, there's no, um, nothing's 21 now, is it? I, uh, think, I can't think of anything. There might be one film category, I think, which is oh, yeah. over really? 21, but basically no film is released in it. We should we should try and make a, a 21 rated film. <laughs> what, do you, what do you have to do? I think it's got to be quite... Practical effects. Just, uh, just porn. It's, it's just full frontal. But I think it also has to be racist, homophobic. Oh, um, oh we can get that. <laughs> All the boxes to tick, boys. <laughs> have a field day. Wasn't it something like the human centipede or something? Is like one of the only ones. I don't even think that got a 21. Oh, I can Google it. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, private brother. I'm not <laughs> yeah, <Googling>. brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just watching my cat have a shit in the flower bed. What are you guys doing? <laughs> Our cats have taken recently to um, deciding they need to be as grubby as possible at all times. They will just get into dirt and start rolling around in it. Oh, nice. I uh, do that. Absolutely no idea why. Do you wash them? As in, is it possible no. to cat? Fuck no. no. You want to try and wash a cat? Good luck with that. They get really <laughs> triggered. Just let me know how that goes. <laughs> okay. UK, it's just 18. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, we allow that kind of thing in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an insight into James's mind. <laughs> how so? Yeah, how long do you think it would take to recover after this situation? The, the economic model suggests not too long. Um, but that's in terms of economic bounce back with government intervention. The issue is government will have been paying or going to be in so much debt after this, having received sort of no tax income and having to put out so much sort of stimulus. Yeah, and the furlough policies. And yeah, and the furlough policies where they're having to pay people's wages rather than firms, or 80% thereof, or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, we will be seeing austerity for another like 20 years after this, I reckon. Fun, fun, uh, I mean, fun. It's, been, it's been pretty fun to watch the Tory government enact the Labour manifesto in the last few weeks, hmm. isn't it? <laughs> it has it has been amusing. It's been a good laugh, if anything. Yeah. <laughs> Do but you? It's... Yeah, I'm go just... on. No, you go. I didn't really know what I was going to say. So I'll, uh, Do you? Do you think a country like Sweden, who have decided not to go into lockdown because they think that they can have a different approach to the protection of their older citizens and the rest of their population, by perhaps maybe having a better healthcare system. So they still haven't gone into lockdown. Do you think they will be better off than countries who have gone into total lockdown? I guess it's it's too early to say at this point, but my initial reaction is no. The thing I... with the, the Scandies is that, like, when the governments issue advice, the vast majority of citizens will follow it. Whereas yeah. in the UK, if the government issues advice, a no one but... gives a shit. Like, it has to be, we've enforced a lockdown because no one listened when they said, please socially distance and self-isolate if yeah. you can. And no one gave a shit, so they made it law. Whereas, yeah, you're, you're right, it's an overgeneralization. But I think culturally in Scandinavia, so that's encapsulating Sweden, people yeah. have a lot more respect and listen and are more socially minded. 
with when it comes to like society and how to behave. So I think if they issue advice that's apt, but they think they can make it a little more relaxed than a full-on lockdown, then they might be able to pull off. Oh yeah, also, um, looking at a couple graphs here, I'm not sure. I mean, this one's pretty old, actually. It's from the 7th of April. So that is, what, a week and a half ago. But it shows Sweden, like, significantly below everyone else on terms of um, the graph going up, so days since 100th death. It mm, shows yeah. them on a pretty similar track as uh, China. Um, okay. So uh, above South Korea, similar to China, but uh, significantly below but Germany, UK, Italy, France, Spain, and the US. What's the Swedish uh, population density? Yeah, it's much it's lower. low, I imagine, yeah. yeah. Because that um, will have a huge impact. Yeah, definitely. The thing is, with Swedish population density, they have big cities full of people, and then they just have, in the north of the country, just no one there. Yeah, and frostbitten ground. <laughs> yeah. Because then you've also... um, You've also got the almost the government, or the news, saying how we're hitting the peak. But even though we're hitting the peak, I don't think that means we'll be anywhere near to actually leaving our homes. I mean, are we hitting the peak? I looked at a linear graph and it looked like, uh, sorry, a logarithmic graph and it looked like we're hitting the peak. But that's logarithmic, isn't it? So yeah. I'm not actually sure if we are or not yet. It looked like we were on a tipping point, but actually yesterday's figures have shown an increase. Like, the a substantial that, increase. But... The, cu the current figures actually show the situation a few weeks ago because of the nature of how long it takes for the you to see how the implemented policies are actually affecting the scenario okay so um whilst yes the data collected yesterday is what happened yesterday it's actually showing the effect of what's been done a couple of weeks ago because it, these people who are showing severe symptoms it's seven to ten days from infection until you start showing any symptoms and then can be another seven days on top of that for that to become severe yeah so it's we we might be at the peak and hopefully it does show, seem like isolation is is working but it's just so complex mm -hmm. it's yeah, really difficult to call anything especially given we don't know what we're talking about yeah, <laughs> yeah. We should probably throw that in. But we've got no fucking oh, clue. Yeah, we're none of us have any qualifications. I don't think anyone has any clue though. To be and James and I are not scientists. <laughs> I think now would be a good time to do a quick daily update on numbers. Oh, today we are at uh, two million one hundred forty-five. 1,512 confirmed cases worldwide and 143,308 deaths. That's an increase of 861 deaths uh, from the UK yesterday to 13,729, which is actually a lot of people. That's a huge number of people. <laughs> Have you guys got anyone, do you know anyone that's been affected by it so far? No, nothing confirmed. I I've wondered if I've actually had it. I've wondered but, as well, but because do you remember when we that last week of school we were yeah. like really aching? Yeah. Have you lost your sense of taste and smell? No, 
That's the oh, only thing that's. Like, I have. Mm, even I lost now. Mine a while ago, but yeah, it didn't even give now. it any other symptoms. That must be weird not having it now. It is so weird. Uh, taste has come back a bit, but smell's still gone. So what? You can take a massive dump and you can't smell it. Absolutely nothing. That is strange. I've, I've done the taste test of like eating raw garlic, raw ginger. So, and you don't even taste anything. Don't taste it. I took. I, I had a glass of uh, vodka, which was really weird because I can still get the kick, but, but there's no taste to it. So, so you could just. It's oh, like what? water and then being punched in the back of the throat. <laughs> I think. I think you've got a bear grills it, Ollie. The only <laughs> test that will really confirm. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yeah, please let us know if uh, you've done that. <laughs> <laughs> if any audience members have uh, drunk their own piss, please write in. <laughs> yeah. Have we got a P.O. box up? We do, but we haven't actually received an email, sadly. Oh. Oh. All right, I'll, I'll uh, send you a bomb. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Escalated. Nice. <laughs> All right, moving swiftly on. To um, James's awful sense of humour. Okay, where do we start? Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a big topic. No. I don't know how to set. I don't know how to segue into it. Neither do I. What, what are we segueing into? Shogun Two and Japanese no. Civil War. I see. <laughs> nice segue. Nice segue. I want to segue into that because that's something us three are all very of, interested um, in. Speaking of James's lack of humour, another uh, thing James does is play Shogun Two. <laughs> That's flawless. Ollie's in full time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Shogun Two. But what what interests me about Shogun Two is the period it's set in, which is. Do you want to give us what it's actually called? Well, uh, Ollie did his uh, coursework. Exactly. I did do my coursework on this. So it's the Sengoku Jidai, uh, which roughly translates as the age of the country at war, um, also known as the Warring States period. Um, it's fifteen forty five to about 1615-ish. Of Japan, um, I'll just say Japan, because I don't know if I already have. I was getting to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, it's in Japan, and it's a period of almost total civil war, and it's as different feudal leaders are trying to gain control of the entire island. I feel like what's crazy with something in that time is every single leader is trying... Or how many would you say? What percentage of leaders was were trying to get that spot out um, of number one? Well, the you the there you talk about three main unifiers. Um, so the first one is Oda Nobunaga. The next one is now I get the first name wrong, but it's, it's Toyotomi, and then either Hideyori or Hideyoshi, um, and then Tokugawa Ieyasu. They're the three main unifiers, and everyone else kind of recognises that. Um, yeah. So it, it's more people trying to vie for power beneath them, if that makes sense. Oh, so trying to become part of their console. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what's crazy. Um, how do you know? It's like, how do you select that person to lead or to to lead your troops into war under? Uh, fuck. <laughs> how, how do you choose that person it's like how do you make that choice of which person you're going to follow into war and how do you uh, know that they're going to be a good leader 
I think you judge it on country. pure big dick energy, right? I, that's a large part of it. Uh, uh, which, yeah, it's mostly where you're sitting, where you are. Uh, it's yeah, it's basically the people surrounded surrounding you, how big their armies are. Um, oh well, and you can't just be like, yeah, we're not going to join because otherwise they'll just overrun you. They'll either if it's worth for them to to take your resources, yeah, you'll go. Okay, look, I'll give you my resources, so you don't have to fight me, but I do want a bit in return. Yeah, it's it's much like any alliance throughout history. Um, it's the the stronger players uh, manipulate the smaller players and give them false promises and positions of power. Historically, what's the coolest alliance? Do we reckon? Just because I'm trying to, I'm conscious that most of our audience won't know too much about 15th century Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. Well, what do you mean by coolest? Well, like, well, coolest, you know. So let's think of think of a few examples, right? The Axis, so <laughs> like Sorry, coolest, cool, cool facial hair, cons, you know, some some you know genocides here. Highly anti-Semitic. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Probably probably more cons on that one. <laughs> but like, there's got a, there's a few like Britain and Spain. That was a pretty cool pairing for a while before it went to shit, right? Which period are you looking at for Britain and Spain? Uh, you know, just like generally. Because <laughs> yeah, Britain and Spain have been historical enemies throughout much of <laughs> yeah, I did, I the, the we, early modern period. Didn't we team up for a bit? And it was like, um, it's not my area of expertise. Maybe war in France, maybe? I don't know. There is when Mary the First, Mary the First is on um, the throne. She marries Philip of Spain and he actually becomes king of England, um, which people always don't mention. <laughs> Um, but so there's it's a brief alliance there. But that's think of cooler alliances. Uh, there's the the alliances prior to World War One. What about all the uh, Greek, uh, Greek oh, well, tribes coming is cool. coming together the to States. fight the Persians? So yeah, the Deli that becomes the Delian League. That's pretty cool. Um, so that's the headquarters on the island of Delos and. Basically, all the different Greek tribes put money into it, and they unify to fight the Persians. But then the Athenians suddenly go, "Yeah, wait, let's keep this in peacetime, and we'll <laughs> yeah. just make sure people continue to pay in, into it." And they had to pay by ships. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly, Athens has all of these ships that they've basically taken from that everyone. They've kept, and people go, "Right, we don't need the Delian League anymore." And then Athens go, no, you do, or I'm declaring war against you. And they've suddenly got a huge empire. It's <laughs> impressive. Mark movie. Is anyone watching Westworld? No. Because no. Delos is the, I'm, I've not clocked, but I'm assuming there's a connection. Delos is the name of the big evil tech corp in, that, that which I'm assuming has taken its name of. Yeah. Yeah, my no. uh, fun fact, my uh, primary school houses were called... Athena, uh, after like the Athenians, Trojans, Corinthians, and Spartans. So oh, which, one, which one were you? Which one were you? I think I was uh, Trojan. Yeah, I was Trojan. Where I remember. Like <laughs> Chadler over here. <laughs> hey, you get I... to start the, the Roman Empire. That's, that's they do. And yeah. yeah. I think we're talking about Trojan in a different context here, Ollie. We imagine something else. And I had like. Oh, wait. <laughs> Were we? 
Moving yeah, I, I know what you're getting at. Yeah, we, we got at it. Do you think? Do you think there's a? Do you think there's a connection between the Trojan horse and that brand Trojan? Yeah, yeah I think that's kind of like, the whole thing. Yeah, it's meant, I think the marketing idea is. I don't know. Can you even get them in the UK? I think it's a US. Yeah, thing. it's a US thing. I think the marketing yeah, was, like actually hang on surely the... that marketing doesn't really add up because stuff came out <laughs> yeah probably. stuff came out <laughs> you get it I in think, I think when you weren't like... expecting it when you weren't expecting <laughs> it gave birth actually yeah that's a good point <laughs> but uh, I think it's the whole idea that the Trojans were this like hyper masculine yeah su- you know like super breed and uh, Americans need masculine affirmation in every form even contraception so <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I feel like, like you have Spartan condoms. Um, that's yeah. far more Trojan. Yeah, yeah, true, actually. The Trojans weren't actually Greek. Were they not? Oh, yeah. how's that? Well, Troy, Troy is actually Did... in modern-day Turkey. Yeah. Didn't they get, like, a ma- yeah, one of the greatest, uh, like, was it Achilles? Achilles, One of the yeah, biggest he was... Greek heroes. He wasn't... He wasn't Trojan, he was whoever was... No, but he was a... Yeah, he fought against the Trojans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was gay. <laughs> yeah. Was it what was the like I, I I vaguely remember hearing this could be completely wrong, I've never studied it, but I vaguely remember hearing that in most Greek states it was kind of ex- you, you were just kind of expected to be gay up until you turned eighteen or you be- hit manhood. Yeah. And then you were just expected to completely do a 180 on your sexual orientation. Isn't that because so, you were locked so game. much time in the army? And wasn't it? Well, of course, there is an element of just, there's that. that but like also, there's that. But also, wasn't there each old, uh, old each old soldier was basically given a younger yeah, soldier to be almost yeah. So it's it's you'd be practical... its mentor, but also yeah, it's a practice called pederastia where it's. Well, it's often confused with paedophilia in modern society, and <laughs> you would definitely and rightly so I, be I accused of paedophilia. Yes, of course, you'd <laughs> rightly so be accused of paedophilia if you tried to do it these days. Um, <laughs> but it's a practice where a mentor uh, takes a youngish boy um, under their wing and educates educates them whilst also engaging in sexual practices with them. Yeah. Um, Sounds like the in <laughs> for goodness sake, um, uh, but in classical times there wasn't so much an idea of sexuality as a as a concept. It's more just you get involved in different sexual endeavors. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, just, it's more like fluid wasn't it wasn't as rigid yeah. as your best. but um, do you think that concept of uh, sexuality came from christianity then i think so um and particularly the catholic church yeah well the amount of things about history of the catholic church has changed it's always the catholics fault it's always the catholics so like um, <laughs> yeah, so they made jesus white <laughs> and they did this in like the 1500s um because at one point one pope just decided you know what my son who just like really enjoys adultery? I think he should just. I think we should decide he looks like Jesus now. Yeah, and he's now the image of Jesus. So, and then from then on, yeah, the white guy with the beard and long hair, uh, he's Jesus. And we just he just completely decided off his own son. That, yeah, that would be the 
picture of Jesus, and before then, Jesus had always looked like kind of brown, or like it always had like kind of different. Well, interpreted... Middle Eastern, which is yeah, Middle where Eastern, he was. Which would be accurate, yeah. Yeah, the, the Catholic Church is pretty whack when you think about it. The the amount of shit that they've gone away with over the two thousand yeah. years or however yeah. long they've been keeping I... up. Is I can recommend to, to anyone listening uh, the Intelligence Squared debate. Uh, the Catholic Church is a force for good in this oh, world. Oh, with Stephen Fry. With Stephen Fry Absolutely. and Christopher Hitchens and oh. then Anne Widdicombe and an Archbishop from Africa. I can't remember his name, but uh, it's a very good debate. It's quite lengthy and quite heavy, but it is a good debate. You yeah, will definitely really have to check that out. Didn't you, uh, didn't we, we had one of those in Skeptic Society with... Who was it? Noz, oh, did yes. it? Noz, Noz and, and Cherry. Cherry versus Bennett and but yeah, it was someone else. That was yeah. a we didn't have enough time to really delve in because I think it's such a big topic and we didn't really have time to delve into it. So yeah, how how long's this interview or debate? Ollie? The in it's over an hour. I yeah. Think. Um. I'll... Because I. I didn't... I think all it led up to was just HIV for R1. Mm. I mean, that, that is one of the big arguments. It is a huge argument. The, um, Ratzinger, the previous pope, I believe, uh, said that condoms not only <clears throat> stop, not only don't stop uh, the transmission of HIV, but also cause the transmission of HIV. Mm. Jeez. So, yeah, it's horrific. Uh, and obviously that's that's a that's a statement that it's impossible to ever pin a death count to but when you think course, about yeah. the, the the wide you know in africa especially La uh, largely in africa yeah which where the catholic church is still incredibly prevalent the amount of people that would have heard that message and pin you it say to it's... the word of god mm. is insane would you say it's also the continent where it's now most prevalent say again sorry <laughs> would you say it's the continent now where it's most prevalent hiv no or christianity or the catholic church Christi christianity i'd say no because i think north america is probably well there's north there's also uh india and china um though it's not the main religion it's it's still very much present i think it's in china so 50 percent yeah. of africa is predominantly christian 43% is predominantly Muslim, and then 5.8% are predominantly other. Would you say that's uh, a majority, majority of the, like, north-south divide, or...? Yeah, so, um, be completely Muslim in the north, completely Christian in the south. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense, like, colonies and stuff. Ex-British colonies, which yeah. won't be Catholic. Yeah. And then French colonies and Italian colonies will be. Oh, uh, of course. And Dutch is seemingly quite a few of those kicking around in Africa still. Mm. Yeah. But this it's the A's argument. There's the paedophilia ring that has caused them so much controversy over the years. Are we only, only talking current examples? There's all sorts of stuff from. Oh, yeah. Of, Historically, there's. Like the Prussian Crusade where they just murdered everyone in Northern Europe. Because they weren't Catholic. Mm. Yeah. But I, I think it's always it's very easy with the Catholic Church to to refer to historical events. To refer to historical say, events. This is why 
the Catholic Church as an orphan institution. Because and, you could do that with, that was with kind nations. Of norm, really. you could yeah. do, exactly, you could do that with, with basically every nation on the planet. Look, just look at some of the genocides the British Empire committed. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but there are st st it's important to look at the more recent things as well. Um, so how the child sex abuse has been an issue for the last 20, 30 years. Um, and it's still a problem that goes right to the top. And the, the, the horrible handling of it, I think, is what oh, made it... Oh, the covering up of it. When, and... they, when, they, yeah. the, the, when asked how they were planning to deal with it, they responded, but the problem is clearly that we've let too many gays into the church. <laughs> so to deal with this, we're yeah. going to stop letting homosexuals in as priests. That's clear. The, the amount of vile, like xenophobic and homophobic nonsense that that church mm. spews out on a daily basis is insane and you think you know if that was and they still wield such power huge amount of power they, kind they of are fly under the radar the they're recognized as a sovereign nation as the vatican city mm. <laughs> yeah. which was also a deal with mussolini yes although uh, the, the the catholic church agreed to support mussolini's regime in exchange for that state Mm. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They're just a political entity at this point. There's no. And also the, the amount of I don't know if you've ever been to the Vatican and seen the Vatican museums. They have an incredible collection of art, and it, it's phenomenal. It's it's mesmerising, but it's worth possibly in the trillions. I I can't remember, but it's it's an obscene amount of money. Just wealth, yeah. Um, and... like there's nothing in the Bible yeah. about hoarding wealth and building these giant well there's quite there's quite the opposite of the, the, it's the rich men don't go to heaven well exactly yeah okay could we are there other positive examples of the catholic church <laughs> yeah we should probably we should probably throw out some what, i think on, on yeah. an individual level religions i think is really useful and i think catholicism as a religion has probably guided a lot of people in the right direction kanye <laughs> I don't think he's Catholic. I don't believe he's Catholic. No. Yeah. no but, um, <laughs> especially with Catholicism's um, emphasis on good works to get into heaven, and how you um, you you meant to get into heaven through leading a good life, rather than say Protestantism, which is you get into heaven through believing in God. Yeah. Um, the, the concept of leading a good life is obviously That's a great idea. Yeah, generally, it's, it's subjective, uh, but it's yeah, it's subjective, but it's it's a generalized force that should cause people to act somewhat more morally. Mm -hmm. Um, which obviously, which maybe not for the purest of intentions, as they're trying to get self gain out of it, but and it, also, it, the effect is the same. You can look particularly at the the Counter Reformation, and though the Jesuits, you could point to many negative things they did. Uh, you can also look at all the places of education they set up around the world. So the, the Catholic Church has also contributed to society. Yes, and in the past, they would have also been a charity and a place for the poorest of people. Well, they still are. They're a place for the poorest of people to go and get food, get support uh, yeah, when they, when they need it. As in... You know, in in the UK still, 
the most voluntary organisations have a much higher proportion of religious people volunteering their time because that's a policy of almost all organised religion is that it's positive to give your time, money and effort to the community despite the community not being predominantly people of your religion, well, which at, is very at admirable. It, at its base level, um, Christianity is it does seem like a very nice religion. It's all about kindness and looking after other people. Yes, yes. It, it's just a kind of a good, well, yes, a good moral <laughs> the scheme to set up and run a society, isn't it? Mm. At its core, but then it it's been somewhat hijacked over the years. Would you say it's more? Actually, no, I'm not going to get into that. Cause, nah, uh, go on, you've started now, pal. Yeah, no, 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 no. We're in this deep. We might as well go Would you say uh, if the Christianity would be like a government, they'd be more on the left side of the political spectrum than capitalistic? Um, I think economically, yeah, so, yes, but authoritarian, not. Socially right. So you yeah. see this in uh, Christian democracy, which is sort of uh, kind of a, a branch of conservatism in a way that's very prominent in Europe and Germany. So, like Angela Merkel, mm. Christian um, Democratic Party, Christian Democrat, um, which the whole concept is kind of nicked from Catholicism, even though Germany is a Protestant country, <laughs> where you set up sort of um, <clears throat> it, it's taking capitalism, but also mixing into that the, the idea of you know some state ownership and um, sort of a more balanced view to the economy and state involvement and the uh, establishment of sort of smaller groups of people, how people are supposed to sort of look after each other in their own communities yeah. um, and sort of fostering that and doing whatever you can to support them. So, you know, you do see uh, the Catholic Church having a huge influence there. Um, and that kind of conservatism really uh, contrasting with like Anglo-American conservatism, which yeah. really focuses on like just cutting back the state at all costs. Yeah, the church, not only does it give out to the poor, but it does also give a sense of uh, expectancy, I think, to give back to the church, especially if you're wealthy. So Yeah, it can do. So almost donations going around at church... And then you spread that wealth, I feel, rather than... Yeah, almost acts as a form of social justice. Yeah, theoretically. I mean, yeah, the issue with that is that... You it give incentivizes, it, Yeah, it, re it relies on good-natured people and incentivizes people to n take and not give, just purely monetarily. Yeah. Um, and because, obviously, it's almost like a, a, an informal... I, uh, sort of social reallocation, social justice system that governments run, um, and kind of falls short in the fact it's voluntary and instead incentivizes people to, um, you know, not take part in it or not give, like creating a free rider problem, yeah. where everyone takes, no one gives. Yeah, I feel from a young age you're taught. Well, the Christians would be taught. You've got that story where you've got a beggar, and then one one guy gives like thousands to this guy, but that's because he's a millionaire. So, as a percentage of his wealth, it's nothing. 
one person gives a single penny and it's, it's their, their entire, entire wealth. And then you're yeah. asked the question, who gave more? And the teaching is that the person who gave the penny gave more. I feel like you're taught from a young age. And the lesson we can take from that is that Jeff Bezos is a bit of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> How many times was it that he was said that he could uh, solve world hunger with his wealth? No, he could only solve world hunger once. He couldn't do it multiple times over. In all fairness to the guy, he could only solve world hunger once. If he <laughs> yeah, to. I mean, imagine the poor, the poor man. Only he's so deprived of his wealth. So all deprived. This tax, all this tax he has to pay. He could what? only end world hunger. Sorry, one. sorry. What? What tax? Yeah, <laughs> all zero dollars of it. All that zero money that he gives to the government. It could only solve world hunger once with a little bit to spare. With just a little bit. <laughs> He'd still be a millionaire. So yeah. pre-divorce, he might have been able to end it twice. <laughs> yeah. Do you hear he sold all his stock? All his stocks? Apparently. But... Well, I don't know, before coronavirus. What, what's he got stocks in? Just like just Amazon. Has he just been insider trading? No, no, isn't it in Amazon? Well, he's got loads of stocks in but Amazon. You... And I heard yeah. that someone was making... The argument that Trump should have known that it wasn't like a conspiracy or whatever, just because all these big companies they all sold all, he, all the leading he figures. He should have known it's not a conspiracy because his leading science advisors told him this is not a fucking conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but, but and Max it wasn't missing the crucial thing there, and that that's the intelligence of Trump. That's true. <laughs> My bad. But yeah, we could go into a how another he, Trump wormhole. For like, how how C. Bezos could solve world hunger, but I think we'll have to save that for another episode because should we try and get a few what, minutes of just wholesome drunk storytelling or something? Wholesome or drunk do we need storytelling. To, do we need to move we on? Uh, song of the the day or whatever. Yeah, I think we're moving on to song of the day, Max. Okay, sick. Oh. What do you mean drunk storytelling? Oh, I just drunk. mean like just yeah. tell some. Some non, like some actual personal stuff, or do you want to move on? I want stories from when we were drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not. Let's all go down and pint now and come back. <laughs> yeah, I'll <love> say. <laughs> no, that's fine. Let's Give do some of the day. Time. We are almost hitting the one hour mark, so I think. Oh, okay, so yeah, let's let's go for them. Hit the jingle. So. Song of the awesome. day, right? <laughs> Edwin, do you want to go first? Have you got one lined up? I oh no, sorry guys. Oh, so, James, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, waiting. Gonna... I'm waiting for the Magic Gang to put fucking the theme tune of Arthur onto Spotify, and then I can add it to the podcast. But not yet. Well, well, I can currently see Ben is listening to a bit of Taylor Swift. Do you know what he recommended for us yesterday? What? Some Dua Lipa. Um. Yeah. Well, um. I'm gonna put as my song of the day, uh, Kiss Like the Sun by Jake Bug. What is James? What happened to Arctic Monkeys? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I could I could go and sort no, of. No, um, no, that's okay. What? Recommend every, every other <laughs> Arctic Monkey song for that. What, what, what was the song that you recommended, sorry? Kiss Like the Sun by Jake Bug. And um, why do you like this? Why do you like this song? I know it's got a lot of energy to it. It's um, 
plays around with a, like, plays with acoustic and slide guitars. It's got uh, pounding drums. Really, it's really got some momentum to it as a song. Cool, sounds good. Oh, and at the end, we'll all talk about if you guys like. Actually, no, right now, did you guys like the new Death McKenna song? I know we've already heard it, but do you prefer it now or before? I've not yet listened to it on Spotify. I quite liked it when we heard it. I just gave it a listen. I uh, I quite liked it. Um, obviously, it felt better live, but every song feels better live. Uh, that's just apart the, from the uh, night cafe. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really get the message of it when we listened to it live, probably because like making out lyrics is quite hard. But he actually is making a bit of a. I think this album's going to be a more of a social comment than the last one was. Not that the last one wasn't, but mm. I'm looking yeah, forward. I think to him. Uh, Declan puts a lot of social commentary throughout his lyrics. Yeah, I was going to say it's kind of his thing. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're going to get. Because this new one was slightly more subtle, but at the same time, the whole thing's a, a statement. What about Beautiful Faces? What social comment is he? Yeah, no, that's just <laughs> shit though, isn't it? So... Cool. Sorry. Go, Ollie. Incorrect. Song of the day. What is it? I have I Write Sins, Not Tragedies by Panic at the Disco. Bit, a bit, bit of a classic from 2005. Yes, they've been around a long time. They have. This this is when Panic at the Disco was actually oh. a band. So now, uh, yeah, it's now it's now just one man, Brendan Urie. But oh, I didn't realize it. They broke up to it just being him. Yeah, it's just him. Really? But th- this song is from their debut album, A Fever You Can't Sweat Out. Um, it's what put them on the map. Uh, music video is good as well. That won a few awards. Impressive. Um, and it's just demonstrates what Panic at the Disco can can do. Could have been. <laughs> Could be now. Oof. Yeah. How come they broke up? Just he was creative like, differences. I think he was just like, I don't need you guys. Was it always? Yeah, I guess. As yeah. Have they gone on to do something else, or as in the rest of the I, band? Or? I believe so, but I haven't followed it at all. Okay. I wonder if they regret it or not. As yeah, in, I wonder. Because he's so successful now. Did mm. he become a lot more successful recently, do you think? Or has he... Um, so Death of a Bachelor and Great to the Wicked were the ones that made him mainstream. Yeah. Um, particularly High Hopes um, from Pray for the Wicked uh, brought them into the pop market. So... Yeah. Hey, look, Mama, I made it. <laughs> oh, yeah, so I Wrote Sins, Not Tragedy is actually their second most played song, even though it's so old. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Right. Max, song of the day. Yes, Captain. I literally had it in my head, and I've got Okay, well. Riot Police by. Because we don't have any of George Ezra on there yet, and I think that's a bit of a trap. Riot Police. Yeah. So Da Vinci, right, police? Da Vinci, right, yeah, sorry. Uh, it's just like a B-side off the first album, and it's quite nice. It's a sweet little song. It doesn't, I don't think it really means anything. Maybe it does, and I don't understand. But I like it. It's got a nice little melody, and it's a little story. And it's, it's just sweet. The story about how 
like his creative process of staying at Tomorrow's is quite cool to be fair. Just because he actually just went to stay at this girl called Tomorrow. I think that, that's just how he writes albums. He just wanders around Europe, staying at different places. Yes. And Except he never around. actually went to Budapest. Yes, that's a good story. That one got too drunk, and he tells it when he plays live. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't know if you've heard it, but he was meant to get a. He was interrailing it. He was meant to get a train. But he got too drunk with a load of Swedish girls in a park while watching Eurovision <laughs> and then didn't I make it up to catch his train in the morning. But yeah. What about you, Etienne? What have you got? Well, no, so he, he was staying at this girl, Tamara's place, and she never actually knew who he was. Well, obviously, she knew he was George, but he didn't realize. Just some bloke. Didn't realize that she had like a global superstar in her, hands. In, her, in her house which is pretty incredible I think which is very rare these days now because of the internet obviously those interactions are quite hard to achieve yeah I wonder if it's a stage name and if he applied through his real name so she when she googled uh, you feel like even then when you googled them they still yeah because assumedly when someone comes to live in your house you google <laughs> <you know? laughs> Right, maybe so, not in Spain. <laughs> maybe not. I'm gonna go for Alcatraz by King No One. It's a good song. It's very catchy, and yes, of course, it is indie. But yeah. I've I fully thought that was the the prison from Harry Potter, but I remember that's Azkaban, isn't it? Azkaban. <laughs> They're too similar. Alcatraz, Alcatraz the from real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if they've got. At least 90,000 listeners, so they're not tiny. I try and be the indie guy. You're the indie guy, nice. Just because I, I enjoy good music that hasn't, I don't know. Obviously, I listen to big guys. You're, you're I the don't, one who found them first. I don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah. yeah. It's just, it's bragging, right? That's not the title make it really take off then. Yes. It's his God-given um, well, duty Ben's... to listen to every Ben's going into artist. pop. Ben's going into ben pop now. Ben is moving into pop. Yeah, to yeah. be fair. Maybe a- another Taylor Swift song. Another I'll Taylor Swift. Another Taylor Swift. He is. I'll convert him to Doja Cat before long. Dif- different album as well. Yeah. He's... He wasn't just listening to the fairly recent one. I think... Oh, who was it? Gassy's actually really into, like, um, Taylor Swift and Carly Rae Jepsen. I only know Call Me Maybe from Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah, and apparently that's her worst song according to Gassy. So. Uh-huh. Cool. Well, thank you very much, guys, for joining us today. Thank you for having us. It's been a Good very shit. good episode. And I won't even have to edit that Shit's much. Going. Legit, the only things I'm going to have to edit is me forgetting what to say. So that's when you know it's a good episode. <laughs> and thank you, everyone, for listening. If you're still here, what are you doing if you're still here? But yeah. Very true. Goodbye, guys. Thank you Au very much. Guys. See ya. Thanks for Bye. listening. Bye. Hi, guys. I am actually here to let you know that we've updated our email to mailbag at stuckinsidepodcast.org. That's mailbag at stuckinsidepodcast.org. We have also created an Instagram account. Our handle is stuckinside underscore cast stuck inside underscore cast this is used for updates and 
just letting you know what kind of things we're up to so if you want to follow that then feel free to that's probably the easiest way to ask us questions or give feedback or even ask if you want to be a guest so check it out if you want thank you very much and bye